the Agile brand. Welcome to season six of the Agile brand, where we discuss marketing technology and customer experience trends, insights, and ideas with enterprise and technology platform leaders. We focus on the people, processes, data, and platforms that make brands successful, scalable, customer-focused, and sustainable. This is what makes an Agile brand. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom, advising Fortune 1000 brands on MarTech, marketing operations, and CX, best-selling author and speaker. The Agile Brand Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to teksystems.com. Before we get started, I wanted to let you know that my latest book, Priority is Action, Seven Principles for Better Strategies, Decisions, and Outcomes, is now available. In it, I give ideas and insights for leaders and teams that need to make meaningful progress on their priorities. After all, our priorities are what we do, not what we say we'd like to do. You can find Priority is Action on Amazon or learn more on my website, gregkilstrom.com. Now let's get on to the show. So we are here at Medallia Experience 2024 at the Wynn in Las Vegas, and there's a lot of exciting announcements we've been seeing, plus a chance to hear from leaders at Medallia, like my guest today, as well as their customers about where the world of customer experience is heading. Today, we're going to talk about what it means to be a leader in customer experience and what trends and innovations CX leaders and leading brands need to understand to keep their competitive edge. Tell me to discuss this topic. I'd like to welcome Joe Tyrell, CEO at Medallia. Joe, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me, Greg. Yeah, looking forward to talking about this um, with you. Uh, why don't we get started with you giving a little background on yourself as well as your uh, current role at Medallia. Sure. So I've spent most of my career in and around Silicon Valley, working for software companies, running software companies. The last several years, I've been working uh, for a company called ICE, which stands for Intercontinental Exchange, probably more well-known for the companies that it owns and operates, like the New York Stock Exchange. Yeah, I've heard um, of that. Heard of that one. <laughs> but it's, a, uh, it's an incredible business that's really kind of organized around three core business units. So you have obviously all the exchange business that happens and all the transactions and facilitating all those transactions, a multi-billion dollar data business, and then I was the president of the multi-billion dollar technology business there. Um, and so it, you know, it teaches you a lot about scale, the importance of data, and so as I come to Medallia now, my focus is really on how do we accelerate our use of data to help our customers make better and more informed decisions? How do we leverage AI in a, in a thoughtful and purposeful way so that you know, we're solving problems that we can introduce automation with very high levels of value and low levels of risk? And it also teaches you a lot about getting to the granular data that can really make a difference when you're trying to personalize an experience for someone. Great, great. So yeah, we're going to cover uh, quite a few things here today. Um, I want to start, though, with a topic that's certainly top of mind for many, certainly one we've talked about plenty on the show, and that's AI. And Medallia has made some pretty exciting announcements at the show that relate to how AI can be leveraged to create better customer experiences. So with those, those announcements, uh, we may not have time to cover them all uh, today, but I wanted to touch at least on a, on a few of them. And first one I wanted to talk about was the Ask Athena feature and you know allowing anyone in the organization to uncover insights without necessarily being a data scientist, data analyst. So um, why do you think you know, the time is right for this type of feature? And can you talk a little bit more about maybe some of the possibilities this enables? 
The, the timing is really important because when I first joined Medallia, I reached out and I talked to a lot of different CEOs, and there was some some interesting consistency in what I heard from them in terms of what they were focusing on and focusing their business on. In fact, there were three common themes that emerged. The first is uh, many of them told me that they were measuring so much information and leveraging so much data that they were realizing that they really needed to get their companies focused. And so they were gonna really look for three or four key metrics that they thought were having a meaningful impact on the performance of their company. And they were gonna to try to you know, kind of get rid of the rest of the noise. The second thing that they told me is that they were all going through these consolidation initiatives where they had all of these different systems deployed in their organization, and what it did is it created all these data silos. And so the consolidation wasn't really driven by cost reduction, it was driven by the fact that by not combining that data and correlating it, they really didn't ever get a full picture of their business, but more specifically of their customer's experience. And then the third thing that they all told me is, is that they were all really, really eager to start to deploy generative AI. And when I asked them, like, specifically, what, what problem are you gonna solve? There weren't a lot of answers. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> and so as I took those three things in, um, it became clear to me that, you know, for us, what we're gonna really need to help them focus on are what are those key metrics? And, uh, you know, the, the theme of the message that I delivered to, to kick off this conference was the difference between information that's interesting and information that's important because that's what I'm hearing from the business leaders. Like, we got a lot of interesting information. How do we figure out which of it's actually important in helping us drive growth in the company? When it comes to the consolidation of systems, really for us, that's how do we bring all of this data in? Now, for Medallia, you know, we're not aspiring to try to be a system of record. Sure. We can do that if a customer wants us to be, but really our intention is to be a system of insight and kind of the record of insight. And then where that data gets streamed out to, if it's an enterprise data mart, if it's to a private or public cloud, you know, that's all dependent upon what the preferences of the, of the customer are. And then last, from an AI perspective, to get to your question, we're delivering AI that's solving very specific business issues. So we're looking at use cases that are gonna be able to be understood by the customer and deployed in a relatively easy way, because we know change management is just a nightmare for a lot of companies, so that they can actually start to really use the automation and the efficiency gains that AI is intended to do, but more as an assistant to their people versus a replacement. We're gonna deliver AI across a broad spectrum because we have very large financial institutions, healthcare companies, and insurance companies that are gonna be a little slower to adopt automation just because they're worried about unintended consequences and there's a lot of governance and framework that they're gonna need to think through. But on the other end of the spectrum, I have the biggest technology companies in the world that use our platform and they're ready to go and they want headless automation. So we know we've gotta cover that full spectrum and so we're, we're doing it in a very thoughtful way where we can allow people to grow into the technology. Yeah, I mean, it definitely seems tailored to the enterprise. I mean, you know, my experience working with with enterprise, even non-healthcare, non-financial services, they definitely, you know, they're concerned about their data, where it is, you know, how it's accessed, their AI models, and, you know, are they using, you know, proprietary ones or not? So, yeah, definitely, 
I heard a lot of interesting things along those lines, um, you know, in the last couple of days that really, you know, it sounds like you're, you're thinking, <laughs> so you've, you've talked to the right people and are, are thinking this stuff through, yeah. Yeah, and flexibility is gonna be key here. So when we think about just kind of from an LLM perspective, we have our own LLM, and as I mentioned, you know, we can handle over 300 million different parameters of uh, vectorized data, but we also know that some of our largest customers have their own proprietary LLMs, and they wanna simply plug them into our platform. So we've engineered it to do that. We have some customers who said, well, we also wanna bring in information that's just sitting out in kind of the, the internet. And so can we also incorporate like an open AI enterprise LLM? So we can do that as well. And then we've heard from other customers who've said, you know, we, we don't really want our data being used to train anybody else's algorithms, but we don't have our own LLM could you give us or help us create our own LLM? And we can do that as well. So the approach we're taking is, is that like we're early innings and in people really using kind of the generative AI, although AI has been around for a long time and deep in my background. So you wanna make sure that you're creating as much flexibility as you can and let people kind of figure out their path along the way. If you're like me, it's hard to keep up with all the trends, fads, and critical concepts that marketing and CX leaders need to know about. To help, I've partnered with some of the world's most notable MarTech thought leaders to create the Agile Brand Guides book series. These are short reads, three hours or less, on important topics like generative AI, customer data platforms, MarTech infrastructure evaluation, and more. They're available in print, digital, and audio formats, and quickly get you up to speed on critical topics that leaders and aspiring leaders need to understand. Search for Agile Brand Guides on Amazon or go to the Agile Brand Guide website at www.agilebrandguide.com. That's agilebrandguide.com for more. Before we get back to the show, I just wanted to remind you to hit the follow or subscribe button on your app to make sure you get notified when new episodes of this show are available. Now let's get back to the show. So the, as I mentioned, you know there were a bunch of announcements. So just to talk about a few at the, at the same time here. So there was intelligence summaries, smart response and themes. And, you know, to kind of summarize, at least, you know, what I heard was there's a lot of focus on self-service, a lot of focus on, you know, making frontline employees and really any employee's lives a little easier, have easier access to, to all of that data that's, you know, that might've been siloed or, um, and stuff like that through the, through the use of AI. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, for what you're hearing and you know why this is so important um, and you know what the goal of introducing these features is. Yeah, well, the first goal is speed. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, if you're a company and you're getting all of this information that's coming into you, you're getting it real time, but you're waiting days to kind of get through the verbatims to sift through all the information. Then you've got to figure out, okay, which of this information correlates to this other information? Are these leading indicators? Are they lagging indicators? So there's just so much noise in the data that oftentimes it requires people to take a lot of time before that they're engaging with their, their customers or their employees. And so for us, we think speed's really important. So when you think about something like smart responses, for example, what typically is happening is you're getting feedback from a customer, whether that's, you know, through a chat bot on your website or through more traditionally through email or through other web uh, presence or even through social. And you're reading through that and you're trying to make sure that you understand what are they saying? What are they looking for in response? 
How do we craft a response that's not going to further agitate them, but actually answer their question and give them some confidence that we've heard them? And so we have a, one of the largest um, hotel chains in the world has been using smart response for a couple months. And we just met with them recently and they shared some really fascinating feedback for us. They were using templates and then had humans fill in the parts and read it and add some additional contact to it before they would send it out. Then they tested smart response side by side. So first of all, we're able to generate a response in you know a second. Wow. What they also found, which I'm not surprised by, is, is that the information contained in the smart response was more accurate than what the human did, including the spelling of the person's name. Wow. So imagine if you're trying to personalize a message and you spell someone's name wrong. Right, right, that's not very personalized. Yeah. Right, but the other thing that was not surprising because we built it to do this, but it was validating, I guess I'd say, is they also indicated that the smart response was far more empathetic than that what was written by a human. And so we kind of dove into that facet and to say, you know, it's fascinating, why is that? And two kind of key themes emerged. When you're having people trying to write responses, first of all, just the repetitive nature. You know, by the time they're on their 12th, 13th, 14th, you know, it, you're just trying to get it done and get it out of your queue. The second is, if that person had a bad day, if they had a bad commute in the morning, if they got in an argument with their significant other over lunch, or just, you know, didn't have a good day at work, it actually was showing up and being less empathetic for somebody who was complaining about something who they might have perceived their problem being less than what that employee was dealing with. Yeah. And so for us, it's, it's the speed, but it's also how do we create a more complete experience where you want the human element involved a lot of times, but sometimes it's better to actually remove it so you can truly get to that level of personalization. The other thing that we're doing with the AI is so aside from speed is making sure we're incorporating all the feedback. When you're receiving a response from someone and you're replying to them, oftentimes you compartmentalize that communication between what you just said and I'm gonna to respond to it. What we've done with smart responses, we've also said, well, let's also go back and look at the previous interactions we've had with them. And if appropriate, let's take those into consideration so they don't feel I'm just transacting them and now I get you off my queue. But it's like, I'm hearing you. I heard, like, you called me two weeks ago, and this is still a problem. So when the response goes back, it doesn't say, I'm so sorry about your experience. It says, I'm sorry you're still experiencing something because I know you reached out to us two weeks ago about this very issue. Now I really feel like someone understands me, they heard me last time, and this is truly personalized. So with everything that we're doing with AI, it's effectiveness and efficiency. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I think that's an interesting point regarding the empathy. There might be a different word to call it, but you know, there's there's often talk about bias with AI, but there's also bias with human. You know, whether it's anchor bias, recency, you know, whatever whatever that agent just whether it's in their personal life or what they just saw with the customer. So it's it's interesting that AI can actually help us with some of those those things and, and augment um, what the employees are doing as well. It's really interesting. Another thing, you know, what, for companies to maintain their competitive edge, um, they definitely need better and more accessible ways to research, experiment, try new things. Um, I was really excited about Medallia's Agile Research. Thought that was that was a really interesting announcement. A self-service market research tool. Why do you see this as as such a critical component? And um, if you could talk a little about about what it enables customers to do. Yeah. 
It, it's interesting, when you look at companies that are in the customer experience space, a lot of them, their origins are really based in market research. So, you know, market research is a, is a really um, valuable way of focusing in and trying to get feedback. It's typically, though, a little bit more project-based, where I'm gonna, run a, I'm gonna run a survey from this period to this time, I'm gonna do this market research initiative from this period to this time, I'm looking for this specific uh, type of participant. Whereas when you've really started your company focusing on customer loyalty, customer retention, your focus is on intending to have a long-term relationship with a customer or your employee, and you really wanna measure the differences and changes improvements or, or decreases in engagement and satisfaction over time, as you make rapid changes to that, you can find that you know, sometimes unknowingly, you've just you know, invalidated a lot of the integrity of that data because now you're kind of comparing apples to oranges. At the same time, when you're truly running a project, you wanna go quick, you wanna go fast, you wanna iterate, you wanna change this, test that. And so what we've seen is companies want to do both, but oftentimes they would deploy two different systems to do it. And it gets back to those conversations that I had had with all those executives where they're like, I got too many systems. I got data sitting in systems that don't talk to each other. And so that was really the impetus behind, let's, let's deliver both. Let's give you the Medallia Experience Cloud that for your employees and for your customers can be that engagement, long-term retention and loyalty program that you're running. But let's also give you a true market research capability where you can iterate quickly, make changes, test things out. And when you're ready to say, okay, this is the new way we wanna engage our customers going forward, then instead of taking it out of one system and going and applying to the other, just click a button and we'll move all those changes to update your core program. And we'll do it in a way where we won't go back and invalidate the integrity of the data that you've been maintaining and, and really relying upon for the last two, five, 10 years. So um, switching gears a little bit here, um, you know, certainly been hearing a lot of amazing things over the last couple of days and, you know, Medallia as a leader in helping other companies create amazing experiences, you know, how, how do you look at leading Medallia as, you know, what's next? What's, you know, what's the next thing and, and everything like that? You know, how does, how does Medallia maintain that, that edge? Well, it's interesting, even everything we just rolled out uh, yesterday and today, all of that in my mind, while I know it's, it's gotten great reception and, and people are kind of spinning about, wow, how do we use all this stuff? We're already working on what comes after that. So take Ask Athena, for example. Ask Athena is really kind of just the first step of where we're ultimately going to. So with Ask Athena, you're right. We basically just turned everybody in the company into a data scientist, yeah. a at least a data analyst. So now you can ask a question and you get insight, not only that summarizes the response to you and gives you kind of a natural language conversational answer, but then we have all the data below it and you can just simply one click to go deeper and deeper and deeper. But the reality is, is that we've provided the Ask Athena interface because what we really want to learn is what questions do you ask? And so, like for example, if you're using Ask Athena, what I want to know is, is at what time in the morning does Greg ask questions? What day of the week does he ask questions? And what questions does he ask? So that as we learn that you're asking this specific question about this specific branch in this specific geography at 
6.45 in the morning every Tuesday, then what we'll start to do is to push you the exact data that you're always asking for at 6.30 in the morning on Tuesdays. So you don't have to ask the question. We'll learn what are the questions that you're interested in understanding so we can actually push the data to you. And then the next step on that is we'll get to the point where we're only gonna push you differences in data or changes in data or whatever it is that you actually subscribe to. And so instead of you asking questions, you're just gonna be able to say, I wanna know if there's ever any changes between this and this meeting this threshold, and we'll just automatically send that information to you. So everything that we've just rolled out is fantastic and it's changing the market and we're really first to market it in generative AI and employee or, or customer experience. We're already working on what comes after. So how do you look at your specific role in, in leading, you know, innovation and, you know, what, what's kind of what's the role of a CEO in, in all of this? Yeah, well, I think what's unique about our industry is the number one thing is there's so much there's so much we could be doing. Yeah. It's so number one, it's prioritization. Yeah. Let's let's not try to do everything. Let's try to really understand what is it that our customers need and let's prioritize those needs first. There's a lot of other cool things we talked about when I first got here. Well, what if we did this? What if we did that? And at the end of the day, it's like maybe, you know, there would be some things that our customers would be able to apply that to. But really, these four use cases of generative AI are the ones that they can actually start to use today and it'll create real value for their frontline, for their corporate offices, for the entire company. So prioritization is number one. Number two is making sure we never lose sight of you know, who we're here to serve. What's so valuable for Medallia is we use all of the products that we just launched. So we're also users of the platform and so it gives us that reminder of, hey, why do I have to go from here to here to here? Why can't I just take one step and get to where I want? It's like, well, you know what? I bet you our customers are asking that same question. So let's roll that out. So a lot of times there'll be a lot of innovation that is not going to get announced on a stage or in press releases. It's just happening, you know, every day and getting released into the system. And then the, the last thing is to make sure that we all remember that, and I think you heard it here at Experience from a lot of the speakers, if you can enable employees to do their job well and have them highly engaged, they will take care of the customer's experience. Yeah. And so that focus on the employees, both of all of the companies we support as well as our own, is really core to our ability to ever improve, improve any consumer's experience. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that, that definitely has been shining through here. <laughs> so absolutely. So la last thing I wanted to talk about there was another exciting announcement here, not um, necessarily software-based, but um, that's the commitment to be net zero by 2040, um, which is 10 years ahead of the Paris Agreement. First question there, you know, what drove Medallia to make this this commitment and, and to do it in a time frame that puts it well ahead of what a lot of other companies may be doing? It's, it's interesting. A lot of it, I would say, was driven by just understanding what's important to our customers. You know, when... We engage with our customers at a different level than a lot of, of other software companies because what we're doing has a direct impact on their ability to grow and retain relationships with their customers or patients or guests or employees. And so understanding what's important to them and making sure that as not a vendor, but as a really critical business partner, 
we're kind of aligning what we think you know we should be doing as well. So that's one big part of it. The other is just the culture at Medallia is very focused on inclusion, diversity, um, and just being good citizens of the world. And so those two things, when they come together, really was the impetus behind, let's not just say we're gonna do something, but let's put a stake in the ground and move towards it. And then in terms of the date, the reason why we felt good about that date is because we're actually really well underway here. So Medallia has essentially moved to be a completely remote organization. So we got rid of a lot of the brick and mortar. Uh, we reduced a lot of um, emissions from people having to commute. So we had a lot. We have a lot of people in the Bay Area. We have a lot of people in New York. You know, that's a lot of commute time. That's a lot of you know um, contributions to the problem we're trying to solve. So as we've started to take a lot of those steps, um, we know that we're already on a really good path to being able to meet that goal. That's great, that's great. Well, Joe, thanks so much for joining the show. One last question before we wrap up here. We're almost at the end of day two here of the show. Uh, you know, what's been your biggest takeaway so far from the, from the conference? By far, it's the ability to meet with customers in person. Just, you know, I can't tell you how many meetings I've been in. And what's great about it is that they're not just telling me how excited they are about the announcements we've made and how excited they are to start to deploy it in their business. They're also giving me feedback on, you know, and by the way, if, if you guys could do this, it would also solve this problem. And here's a couple of areas where, you know, if you could prioritize these things, the scale of this event and to be able to get that sort of direct feedback from so many, you know, just iconic global brands that rely upon our technology is so valuable. And so for as much as people are taking away from experience back to their businesses, I'm probably taking more back to Medallia. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely the, I think it's the benefit of the in-person yeah. event, right? It's, um, you get the little details and stuff that may not get sent over an email or in a, in a meeting or something. Yeah, right. absolutely. Well, again, I'd like to thank Joe Tyrell, CEO at Medallia for joining the show. You can learn more about Joe and Medallia by following the links in the show notes. Thanks again for listening to The Agile Brand, brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.gregkilstrom.com. That's G-R-E-G-K-I-H-L-S-T-R-O-M.com. While you're there, check out my series of best-selling Agile Brand Guides, covering a wide variety of marketing technology topics, or you can search for Greg Kilstrom on Amazon. The Agile Brand is produced by Missing Link, a Latina-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, they craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Until next time, stay agile. The Agile Brand. <laughs>